Thank you, ladies. That was good. Well, I'm glad you all have a good time. I saw Brother Jose pull Brother George's chair out so that he would sit on the ground uh, when he sat down, but it didn't quite work, you know. I like services like that, thank you. <laughs> you all know Brother Blind, Brother Kurt LeBeau, who's blind, Evangelist LeBeau, and he's blind, and lots of times he sings wherever I am, and we, we're such good friends with one another. We were in a service, and this church had both a boys' home and a girls' haven. And the girls, uh, well, he's sitting near the piano, so he can just get up and come right to the piano and sit down. So we were right over by the piano, and the girls were sitting on the front and the next two rows back. So I put couple of chairs between us and them. I didn't just want to sit right up against them. I, I mean, I just thought we ought to do that. Well, while we were up shaking hands, here come two or three preachers, and they sat down where Kurt and I were. So I just moved down one. That was Kurt's seat. <laughs> and Kurt come back there and he, out of the corner of his eye that he can see a little bit. He caught where I was, so he knew he was right on my uh, left. So he reached down to feel the chair, and he felt my corner of my chair. Well, he sat down, but it was gone. Boy, his feet went up in the air. Scared me so bad. I didn't know he was going to do that. I, I wouldn't. I don't know, boy. I got fussed about that. I'm telling you. I looked back there at Miss Judy and Miss LeBeau, and uh, boy, the looks I got. I tried to help him up, you know. Wonderful to be in a church that I don't have to wear a robe to preach, amen. I, I'm glad of that. I tried that one time. Dr. Gray at Jacksonville, Florida gave me a doctor's degree and wanted me to preach at baccalaureate, so I told him I would. And, and uh, I was wearing a, 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 a gown, you know, and he said to me before I got up there, he said, now, preacher, don't let that gown worry you. Go on, get it. I said, okay, okay, well, I'll try, Brother Gray. I was so scared. I told him I didn't even want him to give me a doctor's degree because I'd probably bring shame on the whole school by my English and all. And he said, oh, I'm not giving you a doctor's degree because you know English. I can hire somebody that knows English. I just want to honor you, Brother Garris. Well, I got up there, and the blessed Lord came and got on my heart. And I was trying to kick, but you can't kick with that robe on. You just, I couldn't remember to pull the dude up, you know. And then kick, I couldn't remember that. Finally, I turned around and said, Brother Greg, excuse me. And I zipped that thing up, shoved it off, and went after it. And God blessed us too. I didn't know this, but one of the preacher boys that was graduating, his father was a big muckety-muck in the Masonic Lodge. I don't know what he was, Grand High Dragon or something like that. I don't know what he was, but he was a highfalutiner in the Masonic Lodge. 
And uh, I was up preaching away, and I did what I do so many times about being in a, a moose, a goose, a polka-dotted duck, or a striped buzzard. Um, and, of course, I had to name the Masonic Lodge because he was there. And I didn't know he was there, but it just had to come out, so I did it. Well, uh, he told his boy, he said, I don't mind going to your church, but every time I go, they seem to know I'm there, and they get right on the Masonic Lodge. They can tell I'm there. Well, sure enough, I give him a load, you know, and you know what he did? He got saved. Boy, he blessed my heart. He got born again. And it was a thrill to that preacher boy and his his family. And uh, you can't ever tell what the Lord does, can you? One night I was preaching. I don't know. It was here in Texas. It was in Houston at Dr. Jack Woods. And I, I got on a dog train. And I couldn't get off of it. I plowed it up one side and plowed it down the other side and dared them to fight and went right on. That's dangerous at Brother Woods. But anyway, come to find out there was a Texaco executive there, a big muckety-muck with Texaco, and a big gipper. And this lady, woman that he had with him, they were shacked up. Well, I didn't know that. How am I supposed to know that? But God knew it. And whoo! I looked at him. Son, if he could have fired me, I'd have been going without, without my pension, you know. And uh, she was mad. And when I spotted her mad, I just tried to load her wagon a little more. And... On the way out, he told Dr. Woods, said, I won't be back. You hear? You don't appreciate a good giver in your church. You could have told that man not to preach on that. <laughs> but Brother Woods was the wrong guy to talk to like that. Just the wrong guy, you know. Just marvelous the way the Lord does things. He likes preaching. Do you know that? And he comes and don't tell him what he does. I remember one night I was preaching. I jumped somewhere and split my pants from right at the top all the way down the seam and halfway up the front. Boy, the old air went to rushing in there. I got back behind the pulpit and stayed right here. And I'm telling you, Mickey, it was flapping in the breeze. The air was coming and going. I ripped a seat smack out of it. Well, I stayed behind the pulpit, gave, gave, closed it out, had them bow their head and close their eyes to pray, and I left out. Well, when Judy saw me leave out, she thought I had a stroke or something and was trying to get out of there. I ran out of there, let the preacher have it, and... Uh, I told her, no, I didn't have a stroke. I split my pants. Woman, what do you think? And uh, you just, some of you have it so dull. All you do is play your Nike game or your Sony game, some stupid game like that. And then you stay home and watch the dummies play the stupids. 
You heard me. Why don't you get in where it's a little active, where the devil hates you. And some other people, too, bless God, they'll hate you along with him. If he don't hate you, they will. Right? And uh, you you could have a heap more fun and hanging around all that junk that you do. Just go to preaching and watch what happens uh, when you go to preaching. See, you think you have fun at the bar. That ain't no fun. They're just going to get drunk and puke on you. Say amen right there. Rosemary, did I hit it on the head to just get drunk and puke on you? That's right. Some of you think I don't tell the truth. Drunk asked you to go out, don't wear anything good. Because it'll be smelly when you come back. Say amen right there. You know I'm right. That's right. Might as well tell these kids the truth. So they know. You catch that, Thomas? Amen. I like Thomas. He's a good guy. Oh, I like him, Brother George. Well, I'm glad you're here today. And it's good to see you. We did have a good time this morning. Uh, Brother Mickey estimated 150 boys and girls, teenagers. And uh, and uh, some of them needed preaching, too. Some of them did. I tried to give them a little. Yes, sir. One of, one of them kept checking his watch. I had about a belly full of that. So I asked him, did he have to make the bank and make a $10,000 deposit? Whew. Poor boy's mother probably never raised his, her voice to him. His mother probably never died, grabbed a yardstick and didn't matter what she hit, just so she hit flesh and bone. Amen. Say amen right there. That's what kept some of us out of prison. Yes, sir. But he was probably babied around and petted. And he'd probably end up there. And uh, I told him that too, didn't I? I told him that too. Well, if you have your Bible tonight, we better get going. Pray for us in the Rock of Ages. I was looking today, trying to get some work done today. Uh, we got 11,704 inmates studying with us. And uh, we just added uh, Ghana, Africa, and an African family, brother and sister Nixon. And uh, he has about 400 uh, studying with him. So, and we're in 75 prisons in Brazil with 800 students. So I'm looking for, we sure need 15,000. That's our immediate goal, 15,000. And we're running pretty close, right close to 12,000 right now. Please pray for us every time the postage goes up. Guess what it costs to send their lessons back? Send them a Bible. And, uh, and when you take them on, you've got to stay with them. And the graders have to do their work. And uh, we have to see the money come in. Uh, so the postage will be there.
By the 1st of June, we had spent over $12,000 for postage already to return the lessons to the prisoners. But I, it's got to be done. They need the Word of God. Some of them, we've had over 300 saved so far this year. You know, they fill out their questionnaire and say, I got saved when I was baby. My mother had me christened. And the priest sprinkled water on my head or something like that. We don't argue with them. We don't write back and say, that's dumb. A baby can't be saved. That's dumb. That ain't in the Bible. We don't say anything. We just give them the lessons and they start reading the Bible because that's all they need. And the Bible takes care of everything. <laughs> Directly he'll write and said, I found out I have to be born again. So I got down by my bunk and I got saved. One man wrote to us and said, Now is this Baptist doctrine? I don't want to learn Baptist doctrine. Or do you teach Baptist doctrine? Well, we could have wrote him back and said, You better believe it. Hot shot ain't nothing but Baptist. But we just wrote him back and said, All you need is your Bible. Just study with your Bible. And he was studying along, and directly got a letter and said, I found out the Baptists are right. It's right in the Bible. So now I'm going to be a Baptist. Is that okay? <laughs> well, we told him what had to be first, amen. But it tickled me. He didn't want to be a Baptist, didn't want Baptist doctrine. But the Bible showed him Baptist doctrine was correct. I'm glad of that. If you have your Bible, did it tell you the book of Acts, chapter 1? And again, I say to you, please remember us in prayer. Acts, chapter 1. Pray for Judy and me. Each day, the work needs to be done. Next month is our national conference. We've had to move it from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, because of Katrina, up to West Virginia. Hurricane, and it's something the hurricane ran us out of Louisiana, and now we're going to Hurricane West Virginia. I call it slightly breezy West Virginia. And they all frown at me, and uh, but anyway, and we'll be up there a week. It'll be a wonderful conference. Judy and I trying to get ready ourselves. If you'll pray for us, I'd appreciate it. Did you find Acts chapter 1, please? All right, let's read verse 6 and read down just a little bit, and then we'll have prayer. Acts 1 and verse 6. When they therefore would come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, 
and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. And we still believe, verse 11, don't we? And we're looking for him to do exactly what those men in white apparel said that he would do. Well, if you'll hold your Bible open there, maybe even put your little ribbon right in that place so you can find it. I want to come back to verse 8 right after we breathe a prayer to the Lord. Let's do it just a moment. Heavenly Father, thank you for Wednesday night. Thank you for your people. We're grateful. It's the grace of God that is making us what we are. And more and more, day by day, and we thank you for that. I remember the little children singing, He's still working on me. And we thank you for that truth, dear Lord. We love you tonight. Settle in and come tonight. And may lives be changed this evening by the precious grace of God. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen and amen. Look again in verse 8. But she shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. For the apostles, that happened in Acts chapter 2, in what we call the day of Pentecost. You and I received the Holy Ghost when we were saved. And if you realize that you need Him for your life, uh, then we're taught in the Bible to be filled with the Spirit. Amen. And uh, how much more shall your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? If you sense you're growing weak, if you sense you're growing uh, aggravated and, and disturbed and things like that, and you can tell that when you got that way before, you turned back to sin, maybe to drinking, or you went and got you some dope or smoke pot or whatever, whatever, went home, picked a fight with your wife just so you'd have an excuse to go get drunk. Same in right there. And, uh, you know, you know, I tell you what you need to do besides reading the Word of God. You need to ask Christ for the blessed Holy Ghost to give you courage, to encourage you, to give you verses, to cause you, your heart to be uplifted. David said, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? You ever notice sometimes we're down at the bottom and we can't figure it out. We can't figure it out. We ask our wife, Is your mother coming? No. Not that I know of. What about your brother? No, he ain't coming either. And uh, did you pay the car payment or will it be gone when I wake up in the morning? Everything's paid. Don't start on me. 
and you say to yourself, why are you cast down, O my soul? David said the same thing, and he said it more than once. Do you think a giant killer just goes around leaping from mountaintop to mountaintop, killing more giants? No, some days he has a day just like me and you. So he said, why art thou cast down, O my soul? And it's times like that when the Holy Ghost of God would be pleased to be real to you and lift your heart and give you a song and give you verses. Amen. You don't have to turn on Dr. Phil. How can you, I don't see how you can watch that. He makes me want to throw up. I can't watch him, especially right after I eat. I have to throw up if I do. I can't stand this syrupy voice. Sounds kind of slick and scaly like uh, serpents. You dig that? You have the Holy Ghost living within you. He would do for you if you would call out to him and ask him. I want you to see tonight, and here's what I want to deal with this evening, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. I want you to see that. Do you know the very basic thing of you getting saved and the Holy Spirit coming into your heart is that you might learn that with Him, you can be a witness. You don't have to know where everything is in your Bible. You can just start out with telling people what happened to you. Man, I was a mess. And, and whatever your life story is, last night wasn't that dear 87-year-old lady sweet and got saved when she was 20 years old. She hadn't stolen anything yet. At least she didn't look like she had. Did you think she did? Probably never has stolen anything in her life. You know that? But she had a wonderful testimony, didn't she? And you can do that. You don't have to be a bad sinner. You say, well, you talk about us like we're terrible sinners. It's just that I've been here so many times. And I'm hard to remember that now we have doctors in our midst. We never have had no doctor, did we? Huh? We, we've always just had the other kind that needed a doctor. Even a veterinarian would have been good enough, amen? <laughs> they wouldn't have known the difference. I got sick one time in a revival. Judy knows I'm telling the truth. And the preacher took me to a veterinarian. Didn't he, wifey? And he had a nurse. If I'd have been a dog, I'd have bit that old hag. <laughs> Ain't no telling how old that woman was. Ain't no telling. Now, a couple of nights before, I'd heard that Sanford guy say something that ought not to have been repeated. But honestly, that old witch caused me just about to say what old Sanford said. Instead, I just tried to ignore her and stare down. But you couldn't stare that old hag down. I'm telling you, she is worse than Judy. 
if I'd have been a dog, I'd have bit her. I felt like just getting off and biting her anyway, but I was so sick, I just sat there on the table till the veterinarian come in to see me. He said, you know how doctors are, they're real expensive, but this doctor, he's a good one. He always takes care of my bird dogs. <laughs> and some of you want to be an evangelist. They want my job, you know that? I hope you get my job. In the first meeting you go on, I hope you go to that preacher. In fact, I'll call him and tell him to have you. Just so he can take you to see that old veterinarian. He come in, punched me in the arm, said, what's wrong? I told him. He said, yeah, dogs get that too. <laughs> i got to settle down tonight. Ye shall be witnesses. And tonight I'd like to bring you a message out of that little phrase, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. I'd like to, when I'm done tonight, to have accomplished this one thing with you. I'd like for you to receive the esteemed honor of being a witness. Do you know for most people in the church, being a witness is pretty far down on the I want to be scale. Some want to be the pastor. Some want to be a deacon. Some want to run the church. Some want to be a baseball player or something else. But few people have ever considered in the Bible the esteemed honor of being a witness. Do you carry gospel tracts? Do you carry tracts? I'm talking about, I know some of you do, but do you carry gospel tracts? Do you leave them? Do you give them to people? Do you put them in their cars, on their windshields? Are you interested in being a witness? Maybe by tonight, you'd let me show you in the Bible the esteemed honor of being a witness. Before I jump in, look in Luke 16 with me. I read it again today, and every time I read it, it makes me think, Boy, oh boy, Lord, make me a witness, please. In Luke 16 is the story of the rich man and Lazarus and how the rich man died and went to hell. And I want you to see, you remember he couldn't get a drop of water for his tongue. But in Luke 16 and verse 27, then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him, that is, Lazarus, to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Think about that. That man in hell, it was so bad. And he wanted somebody to go by his home and witness to his five brethren. That just calls me. 
I'm glad to be a preacher. God called me, and I'm glad to do what he wants. But D.L. Moody said one time, if I had to have a certain number to get into heaven, I'd quit preaching and just walk the streets of Chicago winning people to Jesus Christ. Amen, people. And you can be a witness. And ye shall be a witness unto me. God's power is wonderful to make us able to stop smoking, change our way of life, change our dress. Hallelujah it is. But do you know he said ye shall receive power? And what are you to do with that? And ye shall be witnesses unto me. I'd rather be a good witness in the cell blocks than worry so much about being a preacher. Just to be able to tell others. Just to have the Holy Spirit to cause me to come down this path today and boom, right into a lost sinner that needs to hear about Christ. Boy, there ain't nothing like it. Ye shall be witnesses unto me. I can't see your heart. I can't tell. Hey, if you were like a thermometer, how far up the scale is being a witness? How far? Do you know there's entire churches that have quit even going, soul winning? They don't teach their people to be witnesses. They don't even worry about it. They make some kind of a CD or a video and they hand that out and they want that video. But the Bible doesn't say, I'll get a video and it'll get the job done for you. No, sir, ye shall be witnesses unto me. Not a video, not some sort of scheme. Well, I'll tell you, I've got this little nut. Yeah, I've got a nut too, and I've lived with her a long time, but I try not to make it too well known. But I got this little nut, and you pull his tongue out. Well, that's okay, but being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the Word of God. You need to teach your children the Word of God. Then the little nut might make, make sense to them, but they need to hear the Word of God. Ye shall be witnesses unto me. Well, here it is in Acts 1.8. One day I got to asking myself, what do you know about those words? And ye shall be witnesses unto me. And I thought to myself, that don't hardly sound right. It seems like Jesus would have said, ye shall be witnesses for me. For me. Don't, don't it sound right? But he didn't. Ye shall be witnesses because of me. No, sir. Ye shall be witnesses unto me. To me. 
And I began to study, not realizing what I was getting into. And oh, God bless my soul. You see that little word, unto, you shall be witnesses unto me? Well, can I tell you that the, the honor of being a witness, the esteemed honor, is all tied up in that little word. I, when I began to do it, first thing I did, I saw that that little word unto was so important. I said, I'm going to see what these other translations have done. And do you know, I, I got the whole list right here. Every one of them took the word unto out of the Bible. The modern day King James Version. How could a man that's been dead 400 years be modern? I, I don't know, but that's, that's the name of it. The modern King James Version. They changed it to to, T-O. The new King James, they changed it to T-O. And the, the American Standard Version made it my, M-Y. So did the Revived Standard Version and uh, Young's literal translation changed it to two. But they're not right. Unto is what God said and what he means for it to say to us. Unto. Ye shall be witnesses unto me. Well, that sent me to studying to find out. And I found this out. Unto, U-N-T-O, is a Bible word. It's not used in secular things. Lawyers don't use it. Doctors don't use it. It's strictly a Bible word. So all these other translations, they want it to be applicable and well-liked and, you know, so they just simply change the Word of God. I want you to show you that that ain't right. Look in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 13. It just didn't write, uh, folks, and I want you to know that. The Word in the Bible and ye shall be witnesses unto me. That's what the Bible says. Now here's why we ought not to change it. In 1 Corinthians 2.13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth. Man's wisdom teacheth. Man's wisdom teacheth the word to, T-O. Now the Bible uses T-O. It does, but it uses unto when it wants to use that because unto means something. But which the Holy Ghost teacheth. Unto is what the Holy Ghost teacheth. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual if you take the word to and drop out the word unto, you can't compare spiritual things 
to spiritual things which we're going to do tonight. I want you to understand the word unto. It makes all the difference in the world. He shall be witnesses unto me. That is a spiritual word. First of all, tonight, in Acts 1 and 8, that word, let's start with it tonight. The word unto. Here's a verse that I like to show it to you with. Look in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. It's a verse we all know. And I want you to see it with me this evening. Matthew 11, verse 28. Watch carefully what Jesus said. Come unto me. Not come to me. Come unto me. And all ye that labor and are laden, and I will give you rest. First, the word unto means to submit. You come unto Christ. Notice, take my yoke upon you. That shows submission. Come unto me. Submit to me. And when it said, ye shall be witnesses unto me, every time you reach for a gospel tract, every time you say to somebody, could I speak to you about going to heaven? Or what is ever your favorite thing? You know what the first thing you're doing? It doesn't matter what the response is. It doesn't matter when he said, take a flying hike, Jack. It doesn't matter if he said, I'll knock your block off. It's you submitting to God. You're showing submission to Christ because that's what the word unto means. When you reach for a track, you're bowing down before the Lord saying, I'm going to be obedient to you. It means to submit. You know, people that don't witness, you're going to dry up on the vine. You know, this is about the time of year them country folk that I pastored, they would let their okra get so high down in Florida, you'd have to get a, a stepladder to cut it. Now, you think I'm exaggerating, but you always believe Judy. Is that right, wifey? And they'd let that big, long okra thing up at the top. You all know what okra is? They'd let that up there. And it would get drier and drier and dry out because they wanted to save it for seed. And some of you are going to seed. You are. I know you're using oil over lake, but you're getting more wrinkles by the nightfall. You're drying up, honey. It's hard to look good on the outside when your old heart's just shriveling up. Somehow when your heart shrivels up, your face shrivels up. Yeah. 
and your and your husband starts saying, "Couldn't you put some kind of paint on or something?" On to is submission. Churches that don't witness are dry, dry, dry. They're dried up. Entire countries are dried up because the people will not go out. They'll not. And then they say stuff like this. We don't do that in our country. And here come fellas from America that don't know any better. And they go over to England and listen to this. Run buses and bring in the kids and go door to door. And they have more people in their churches than you can find in Spurgeon's Tabernacle. Is that right? We got English people here tonight. Did I tell you the truth? You can count how many people are in Spurgeon's Tabernacle. It's a shameful thing. Why did God die? No, the people said, we're not going out there and embarrassing ourselves. You know the first thing you do when you decide not to embarrass yourself? You're saying, I'm not bowing down to you. The word unto means to submit. You're in the book of Matthew. Look in Matthew 19 just a minute. Here's a story everybody knows about it. It's about that young man that ran up to Jesus. Now come and look at it with me just a minute. In Matthew 19, 16, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Now there the Bible uses unto. But if you just go over to verse uh, 21 and 22, Jesus said unto him, If thou would be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. When the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. See, he didn't want to come unto he just wanted to come too. He ran up, he bowed down. It looked like he meant business, but he didn't mean business. All he wanted to do too means, come up here tonight, Brian, I'm going to use you. I have to bring your Bible if you'll just step here. here. And I'll show you this in the Scripture in just a minute. Two means... If I run to Bryant, it means I, I, I touch him like that, too. But unto means to bow down and to submit to him. Look in your Bible in the book of Mark. Now, we're here tonight. I hope you came. Sure, I thought you'd run around tonight. Well, I can't help what you thought. I'm doing what the Holy Ghost thought. I'm going to listen to him. And some of you better listen to the book tonight because you're about to dry up on the vine. You know the best thing you could do, Rosemary? You just got baptized. Be a fool for Christ's sake. You listen to me, Rosemary? Now look at me, Rosemary, and I ain't picking on your sister. 
but you were a fool for the devil's sake. He made a fool out of you many a time, didn't he, Rosemary? Had you acting like a fool, made you look like a fool, right? Now you know what you need to do, Rosemary? You want to throw the devil a curb? Become a fool for Christ's sake. Witness to everybody you see, Rosemary. Come on, Rosemary. You ain't got no pride left. So you don't have anything to lose. So jump on everything that comes down the street. Hey, come back here. I won't tell you how to go to heaven. Woo! And they'll start calling you a crazy old lady and the devil stay away from you. But if you tiptoe around, well, I don't want to make nobody a man. I, I'm just going to try to get along. The old devil will make hay out of you. You listen to me, Rosemary? He'll have you back at the bottom of the barrel again. Do you know where you're the safest? Be a fool for Jesus' sake. People will run away from you if they don't want it. You girls, when you're 30 years old, Dorian allowed to go on a date, throw him a curb and say to him, pray. Pray. You'll know how spiritual he is when he said, now lay me down to sleep. Is that what you meant? Smack him upside the head and say, no, we ain't going to bed. Oh, uh, oh. God is great and God is good and we thank you for this food. Smack him again. You ain't about to eat. You want to know that? Look, you know, you're submitting to Christ. Now look in Mark chapter 1. Here's the same story. Mark chapter 10. Here's the same story. And when he was come forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him. Notice too, he kneeled to him. He touched him. He kneeled to him. But he didn't kneel unto Christ. Because he went away, didn't he? Went away lost, didn't he? He wouldn't submit. Thank you, Brian. I'll let you sit down. Come over just a minute to the book of Genesis, would you? And uh, uh, let me find... No, no, I don't want to go over there yet. Number two, I, I want to go on. I want to try to finish tonight. Maybe I'll double back on it tomorrow night. But I knew you'd be here. Boy, listen, I want you to go home tonight. And I want you to be a witness. I want you to be a fool for Jesus' sake. You remember the Corinthians church... Boy, they thought they was high and mighty. They reigned like kings. And Paul said, we're the off-scouring of the earth, us apostles. He was always in jail, wasn't he? But he wasn't in trouble with the Holy Spirit for watching television all afternoon as the gut rolls as the Timex ticks or whatever it is. The nurses and the doctors. 
Say amen right there. Holy Spirit's mad at you a lot of times because you wasted an entire day when you could have been over to your neighbors and you should have been out carrying tracks and you're going to Walmart. I counted it up. Judy has been in Walmart here in Fort Worth three days in a row. I said to her today, this makes three days in a row, woman. You know what I'm fixing to tell you? Yep. Do you know your wife's been there three days in a row too, Brother Nicky? You probably didn't know it. Sometimes, you know, I've taught you to say no. Sometimes we go down the street and you said, there's a Walmart. And I just say, no. And stomp the gas. I do it to flea markets too and, and garbage sales or whatever they're called. Can't get the junk man to haul it off, put it out there and Put a price tag on it. Somebody will buy it. Yeah, in my part of the country, if you have an old junk car and you don't want to do with it, paint a big ought three on the side or ought seven. Son, it'll sell just like that. It's a race car. And don't put a statue of Mary. They don't know who that is. But you, you could put a little cup on the dashboard like it won. Man, that'll raise the price 300 bucks. <laughs> unto or to? Unto. Unto me. Number two, I want you to notice unto means to cleave or to be one. See, Jesus went to heaven. He said, you're going to be witnesses unto me. And in Mark 16, the, the apostles went out and began to preach. And the Lord said that he was working with them. It, it's to become one. It's to submit yourself, and it's to become one. Now turn to Genesis. i got to hurry tonight. You've been so good to me. I know you have, and I love you for it. And I'm trying to hurry tonight. Now come and we'll look at one of the early times that the Holy Ghost used the word unto. And you'll understand it, I believe, a little bit better. In Genesis 2 and verse 21, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. Hey, wifey, come on up here. Well, I don't want to use Brian for this one. Come on up here. Come on down. I'm sorry, Brian. I'll use you next in the next point. But i got to use Judy for this one. Just had both feet operated on, but she's doing pretty good. She's been moving a little slow, you know. But I've been giving her Geritol right along, beginning to pick up. If I get 
around a good veterinarian, I'd get some horse liniment. <laughs> I've worked for that veterinarian, I used that purple stuff. You know that purple stuff that you put on wounds? Yeah, it worked good, didn't it? And it stayed on there, too. Couldn't wash it off, remember? She never would let me put it on her, though. Now watch this. Now here's an early time of the word unto. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman. And notice this. And brought her not to the man, but unto the man. Now it means to submit, but here it means to become one. Notice, read on, and Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife. And notice this, and they shall be one flesh. Here it is. If you say two, you should be witnesses to me. It means just like that, to touch. And it's still one and one. But if you say unto me, now it's one and one, and it's one. Unto. You didn't just, oh, I forget, we get in trouble. You didn't just uh, say to your wife, come here to me. <clears throat> when he brought, when God brought Eve to Adam, he just didn't bring her to Adam, you know, like holding the hands like one and one is two. But unto Adam, he is a little slow, but he figured this out real quick. He said he didn't just bring me a cook. He just didn't bring me a housekeeper. He just didn't bring me someone to wash my car and wax it. One of you men asked me to put that in there. Brother Brock, was it you? I believe it was you that wanted me to say that. But unto. You wouldn't want to put two in there, would you? Well, you wouldn't want to change it up there in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Why'd they do that? Because they're low-down thieves. That's why. Unto me. You're going to be, we're going to be one on this matter of witnessing. You're going to do it unto me, and I'm going to join you just like you and your wife are one flesh, and I'll be with you and this we're doing in the closest relationship. Ain't nothing closer than your relationship to your wife. 
And that's the way witnessing is. It just don't seem like I feel God anymore. I just feel like... Well, try putting your finger in an electric socket. See if a good zap will lighten you up. Or, or maybe, maybe your wife could soak your toothbrush in that hot kind of soft stuff, whatever it's called. No, you just need to get out and be obedient. And God will draw, draw nine to me, and I will draw nine unto you. I thank the Lord for the mission house that has a sofa. Most times in a motel you have two. They make, when they say this is a motel chair, it means it could not be more uncomfortable. But this week we got a sofa. I can kind of... Well, I'm sorry, you can't kind of. You got yourself in that shape. I didn't. We got a soap, and it's a good one. Right, wifey? <laughs> On to. See, I couldn't use you for this, Brian. But in a minute, I'm going to need a sinner, and I didn't know anybody else that could be that except you. Right, Sister Brian? You make a good sinner, won't you? Well, I'll let you go, wifey. Ain't I the best husband ever was? Well, if I don't tell her that, who will? Now, I want you to see this. Just some of you say, I just don't witness. Well, it's your fault. It's an esteemed honor to carry tracks. It don't, so it makes the world mad. So what? It makes Jesus glad. Some of you say, I just don't feel close to him. Well, you ain't submitting yourself. If Judy didn't submit herself to me, she wouldn't feel close to me either. First thing you know, she'd be one of them low-down feminists. Like Jezebel Clinton is. You know who I mean. Man. It means to submit. And it means to be one. Come back to Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and I'll show you one more thing in close tonight. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, if you just would start witnessing, why don't you just get some traps before you leave tonight and start giving them to the bathroom, or give them to the commode, give them to the urinal. Well, not you girls. But give them to the urinal. Roll them up in the toilet paper roll. Put them in telephones. Throw them in open windows of cars. Put them under the windshield. Ah, you're too cool for that. Cool, man. No. You just won't bow down to Jesus. You want to go to heaven, but you don't want to submit. 
And that's exactly what that boy wanted too, that rich fella. He wanted to go to heaven, but he didn't want any repentance. I preached that one night. And did I ever get in trouble, but it's still true. He said to Jesus, all these things have I kept from my youth up. I don't have anything to repent of. And there's a heap of people in churches today that are the same stinking way. means to submit. means to be one like you and your wife are one. You want to draw close to Jesus, get in Jesus' business. You can sell everything to anybody else. You can put out signs and have a garbage sale or whatever you call them things. You could also give tracts. Some of you, the only time you're bashful is when it comes time to speak for Jesus. You chase people down the street. Come back here. Come back here. I know I have a quarter on it, but I only want a nickel. Why don't you chase people down to give them a gospel track? You feel the nearness of Jesus. Come back and I'll show it to you. Come on, Brian. You come on over here for me just a minute, would you? Do you know the word witness and the word martyr come from the same root word? When you read the word martyr, you could also read it witness. It's the same root word. A witness becomes a martyr. He witnesses, and there's the possibility of martyrdom because of the power of God that's present that's what made them hate Baptists so much. Do I have time? Judy and I were in Lithuania, and in the capital of Lithuania, at the four-story KGB headquarters, it's now a museum, and you can go in and see it. And Judy and I went. Many of the people we worked with, they've lived under communism. They just now got a Bible, just now got a church that can preach the gospel. So we went in. Communists, wicked. Satan's wicked, wicked, wicked. And he loves to brag about it. Can you imagine taking pictures of the people they tortured? Can you imagine them taking pictures of the people they murdered after the torture? Eyes ground out. Take their pictures, don't they, Wifey? We came through these huge steel doors and inside was a an iron grate that went across like that. Then there were more doors. Then you got inside and here on the wall, a whole wall, not a regular size wall, but a big wall, is all the people that come through there and their photographs. When they came in, right here on the right, 
was the stairway that went down in the basement. And there was where the cells were. And we could take our time. They had signs up to tell you what you were looking at. And I thought to myself, can go see where they executed them. It was an awesome afternoon we spent in that place. I wish I could take everybody through it and let them see what it was like under communism. Jane Fonda and the Clintons and all that putrefied mess. They had such high thoughts about communism. Same people let the Nazis put the Jews in the ovens. Same people. Same thing. I'm telling you kids, it's bad. When the devil reigns, it's bad. Are you listening to me? It's bad. Well, what is it about being a witness? Let's make, let's make Brother Brian a sinner just a minute. Would you be a sinner for me? I, I, if I'm going to witness to him, I ain't going to tell him, you ought not to smoke them cigarettes, you know that? Them cigarettes will kill you. That ain't what he needs to hear. You know, if you get drinking, God do something for you. That ain't right. I'm to tell him Christ died for you. And they buried him and he rose again the third day. And if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ to where you be willing that God would do it for you to turn you from your sins, would you be willing if Jesus would do it? You'd like a new life in him? Yes. Christ can do it. Now, why would he get so mad at me? Why would he? People die for doing that. People die. In the Arab countries, you go to giving out tracts, you're going to end up in prison. You go to China and make a big splash, and you're going to get a big splash. You better just go and do, and in Africa too, a lot of countries, you can get yourself killed, can't you, preacher? You can get yourself killed. Why is that? Here's the third thing the word unto means. You shall be witnesses unto me. I'm really not witnessing to you. I'm I'm telling Jesus the story. I'm saying, uh, you know, the Lord Jesus, I was lost and going to hell. I was in the Navy. I'm really talking to Him. And when I read the Scriptures, I'm really reading them to Him. Unto me. Do it unto me. And you know who has the power? All right, Miss Hart. <laughs> you know who knows his sins? I don't. 
But God does. And God comes down and gets right on him and he knows the truth about you and he goes to telling you the truth, boy. Cake? Man, that hurts. How many of you, listen, you want to get on Judy's bad side, turn the air down. And then when you wake her up, go in there and jerk the covers off. And she'll come out with one of her favorite dirty looks. And she'll have to say something else, too. Like you're looking to die. Is today the day you want to go to heaven? Have you chosen today? Where's your gun at? Where's your gun at? Get it and bring it over here. Why, she'd make me cock it. Why does being a witness stir people up? I had to know that. I know who am I? Old 66-year-old preacher, you could whoop me with one hand behind your back. But if you're a sinner, and I've got you cornered up, and got to telling Jesus how he saved me, how I love him, what he did for me, how I found out he died for me, and how I found out he lived. And I knew he lived because when I bowed down to pray, he answered me, growl, 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 growl. Clung to the soul. God can drive it all the way to the quick. That tears the Pope up. That's why he burned people at the stake. He couldn't stand it. And when they burned them at the stake in England, they had to cut their tongues out so they couldn't tell the story because sometimes the executioner jumped in the fire and said, I want to go to heaven too. I want to die with you. Prison guards said, I want to be saved. That's the power of the word unto. It ain't to. I ain't telling him. I'm telling him. And he's telling you. And you can't get away from him. You can tell me you better take a hike or I'm going to flatten your head more than it is, son. But you can't reach him. And even if you drive me off tonight when you lay your little head down to sleep, It'll take more than a sleeping pill to shut God up. He'll work on your head any time He wants. You might think you're going to get drunk and shut Him up, but He'll let you get drunk and then witness to you anyway and scare the socks off of you. You'll be up sitting on the side of the bed saying, I'm scared I might go to hell tonight. I'm going to stay awake till morning. Little old me do that? God never told me, you tell him. God said, you tell me. Tell me, I'll tell him. Mm. Ain't that wonderful? Don't you like to see big old braggarts and big old tough guys shrivel up? You can't do it. 
but Jesus can. And when you go to witness, put your heart on the Lord. It ain't to say, let's see now. I've got to give this next verse. What's the next verse? Don't go away and try to think of the next verse. No, I need that. Did I tell you for all the sin to come? Just, just tell the Lord and let him tell the sinner. He didn't say, you shall be witnesses to me, but unto me. We'll get together with this. I'll help you. Come on, I'll help you. I'll help you. Come on, I'll help you. That changes this thing of being a witness. What an honor to be a witness. And you're pleasing the Lord. He's enjoying it. Do you know the more I the more I enjoy telling Jesus, the more nervous you'll get. Because he gets to enjoy it. And then he gets on your case big time. <laughs> I hope you drive a Lexus. I like to work on the Lexus ones. I like to sit on first class on the airplane and get one of them big muckety mucks sitting beside me and watch them get nervous. They're like that boy this morning. They'll be checking their watch. See how soon we're landing. <laughs> Woo! You can make Mormons hunt a hole to get in. You can cause the Jehovah Witness guy to take his satchel and move out. All you got to do is get to where you're telling the Lord so that the Lord will tell him. <laughs> I love it. I can't help it. I'm glad I have the Bible. I'm glad I don't have a new King James. You can't make it say what the Bible says. Unto. I'm going to close tonight. Thank you, Brian. Y'all ready? Did you think the first time, this is the first time this is in the Bible, and you shall be witnesses unto me? No, sir, that ain't the first time that's in the Bible. Let me close. Come to the book of Genesis. Well, you say, preacher, it can't be way back there. That's where you're wrong. It is back there. And if you'd have read it back here first, you'd have understood it in Acts 1 and 8. How about them apples? You wouldn't have had to get down your Greek lexicon and you wouldn't have to get on the internet and go click 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 you could have just read it right here and said I know what that means because it's right here in illustration form I'm getting a dirty look from wifey it's true wifey it's true if you read your bible or you'd read somebody else's books You'd understand it better. I'm going to come to the days of Abraham. You ready? And I'm going to close tonight. And if you don't become a witness, there's something wrong with you. Who wouldn't want to submit to Christ? Who wouldn't want to be one with Him? Who wouldn't want to talk to sinners 
knowing he's going to do the talking. Yeah, it might cost you your life. You could be a martyr. Boy, it'd be really tough. You'd get to go to heaven and be under the throne. And and we'd have a we'd have we'd have your day on the bus. Paul get killed, we'd have Paul Day on the bus. When we Sandy, we'd have Sandy Day on the bus. Right? Oh boy. Come to Genesis twenty one. I'll try to hurry. Uh there was a man in Genesis 21, a man named Abimelech, that come to see Abraham. I'm just looking about where to jump in. I don't think I'd jump in at all. I think I'd read the whole thing to you. Verse 21. And it came to pass at that time that Abimelech and Phicol, the chief captain of his host, spake unto Abraham, saying, God is with thee in all that thou doest. Now therefore swear unto me here by God that thou wilt not deal falsely with me, nor with my son, nor with my son's son, but according to the kindness that I have done unto thee, thou shalt do unto me, and to the land wherein thou hast sojourned. And Abraham said, I will swear. And Abraham reproved Abimelech because of a well of water which Abimelech's servants had violently taken away. And Abimelech said, I wot not who have done this thing, neither didst thou tell me, neither yet heard, of I, heard I of it, but today. Now watch. And Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them unto Abimelech, and both of them made a covenant. Now here we go. And Abraham set seven ewe lambs of the flock by themselves. And Abimelech said unto Abraham, What mean these seven ewe lambs which thou hast set by themselves? Now watch this. Verse 30. And he said, For these seven ewe lambs shalt thou take of my hand, here it is, that they may be a witness unto me that I have digged this well. Wherefore he called that place Beersheba, because there they swear both of them. There's your phrase. The Holy Ghost took it out of Genesis and put it in Acts so that you and me would understand. Uh, seven ewe lambs. Give me set Gloria. Get me uh, six other girls beside you. Come up here just a minute, would you? Uh, come on, come on, Brother George's girl. Here, here, come on, I need seven. Give me seven. You want to come? Okay. They were you lambs. I'm sorry, fellas. You just don't fit. Come, come on, come on. I get, come on. I get them girls over there. Come on, you can come. Uh, how many I got? Two, four, six. There's my seven. Now he set them by himself, and he said, "They may be a witness unto me." 
you know those seven ewe lambs never left Abraham's home? They never left his sight. They were his assurance that there stood a covenant between him and Abimelech. Sometimes Sarah must have got worried and said, Abraham, do you think we're really safe here in this land? What if Abimelech brings Phicol and the soldiers? We live in tents. How can you sleep so good at night? You just make me so mad. Why don't you stay awake and worry like I do? And Abraham said, there's no need to worry. Look out there. Are the seven ewe lambs still here? And Sarah would say, yes, sir, they're out there. We're okay. Go to sleep, Mama. We'll be all right tonight. Sometimes he'd walk out and talk to them seven lambs. And they got to know him, and they'd rub up against him, and he'd scratch their ears. Girls like to have their ears scratched, kind of like cats do. Look at that. They were a witness unto Abraham. And the Holy Ghost said, if you want to understand what I mean, understand it in Genesis. Bring it up here. It's the same phrase. Them lambs were a witness unto Abraham. And we're a witness unto him. And we tell him, that's why we get dry when we don't witness. That's why we get grouchy when we don't give tracts. Because it separates us. Now, if them seven new lambs that have disappeared, Abraham better hire him a bow and arrow or a gun or something. But as long as them lambs were where he could see them, he was safe. And as long as our eyes are upon the Lord and we're talking to Him, we don't have to fear if someday we have to stand in front of some demon-possessed communist, some demon-possessed Catholic Pope and give an account. Look up. You watch the pictures of the martyrs as they stood at the stake. They were looking up. They were looking up. And the Pope feared them so bad he cut their tongues out so they couldn't witness as they died. Me doing the witnessing, hey, that ain't nothing. It's me telling him, Remember that night you saved me? I never have forgotten. Remember it was on Sunday night and I was ready to go to bed, but the preacher came to our house. Remember that? We all sat down on the sofa. <laughs> and he does the witnessing in the heart. I'm telling you tonight, look at me. I'd rather be a witness for Jesus than to be a major league ball player. The world doesn't have anything 
standing up with me. There's my seven new lambs. Thank you, girls. It's very nice of you to stand. And they're pretty you lambs, too. And they're not fat. They're just fluffy. <laughs> now, that was ugly, wasn't it? I was just kidding. Please go away from here. Get your mind straightened out about being a witness. Quit saying, I've got to talk to him. I know God wants me to talk to him. I'm just so scared to talk to him. He's my boss. You ain't talking to him. You're talking to him. And he'll do the talking. <laughs> to the boss, man. He can make the boss man break out in a sweat. He can make the boss man start wearing his cap off the side of his head. Let's stand tonight. Come on, be a witness. Heavenly Father, I beg of you tonight. I can't go much anymore. But if I preach your word, the Holy Ghost of God can gather up 